Well, we certainly appreciate the message in that song. Amen? Well, tonight, again, we're so glad. Brother Moon, why don't you make your way up? But Brother Moon, of course, has uh, had a number of hats along the way in his tenure as a minister of the gospel. And uh, presently, he's working down at uh, um, 
Oh, wow, Shawnee Baptist Church. There it is. I'd get it sooner or later. There's so many different places. There's the camp and the church, and he was involved in the college and all of those things. And so he's had just a number of responsibilities through the years. He was a youth director for a number of years as well, has a heart for young people, a heart for singles, and just just got a burden for the United States of America, a burden for his nation, and a burden for souls. And if you've ever been out with him and you unfortunately haven't had the privilege that I've had along the way probably, but he has got a heart for people and a heart for souls. And boy, I'll tell you what, he's a bold witness for Christ. <clears throat> we're certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, we're certainly glad to have him with us tonight. Again, it's a great honor to have his wife with us. She's never been here before, and we're so glad that Mrs. Moon could be a part of the services and come on out and join her husband this time around, and we'll get a chance to know her. By all means, ask her anything you like. If she doesn't want to answer it, she won't. But the fact is, is that <clears throat> I'm sure you're going to find that she's more than happy to do all she can to be a blessing and a help to you. And she has a number of years of experience in ministry as well. You will not regret taking a few moments to get to know her, I'm sure. Well, nonetheless, without further ado, we're going to have Brother Moon come and preach for us again. So glad you could be here. Now let's open our hearts. And let's let God do something unique and special in our lives, all right? Brother Moon. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you. Am I turned on right here? I am? All right, good. Well, hey, it is a joy to be here tonight. And uh, Sheila and I uh, flew in today. She was driving, doing 95. And, uh, actually, I drove all the way here, and I did 75. But uh, anyway, it was great to see you here. And this, believe it or not, Pastor, is my first time to be in this since you finished it. I am just excited about this building. I can't wait to see everything else. I haven't had a chance. I saw it when it was in the makings, but I haven't seen it since it's been in the works, and you're working in it now and doing it. And what a fabulous, fabulous auditorium, and what a beautiful auditorium. And uh, Brother O'Donnell, it just, I think it pictures you. It, this is you. I see you in this and what God's doing. And so this is exciting, and uh, what a joy. I'm just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed at the beauty of the building so far. I saw it when you first, before you even started and was starting. And so this is just fabulous. And I know y'all have gotten used to it, but I haven't gotten used to it. So let me just enjoy it for a minute. Amen. It's good to see Dave back there. He got right with God. And uh, well, if he didn't, he will get right with God. And, uh, but anyway, it is great to be here tonight. And uh, if you have your Bibles open anywhere, it's all the word of God. I got to behave. My wife's here. Amen. And uh, I never have in the past, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm going to have fun whether she likes it or not. And uh, anyway, with Psalm chapter 81, the 81st Psalm, if you'd turn there with me tonight, and uh, out of respect for God's Word, would you stand with me if you found that? If you haven't, stand anyway. If you're physically able, some of you are not, and uh, please remain seated if you're not physically able. Look at verse number 10. I'm going to read verse 10 through 16. Verse number 10. The Bible says this, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up into their own lust, heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened to me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with the honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. And let's pray and ask God's blessing on this evening. Now, Father, we need you. Uh, 
because without you, we can do absolutely nothing. And I know these folks have prayed. Some of them have fasted and prayed. And Lord, I know I've prayed and I've asked you to bless. But it's not what I say that's important. It's what you say through me that's important. I have nothing to say. I'm just a human. I'm just an old dirty sinner saved by grace. Lord, as I heard those ladies song being sung and those ladies standing up before us, signing it. God, you did give your lamb so that I could go to heaven. And we sang, I'm on the winning side. Lord, I've had the privilege of reading the end of the book, and I know that I'm on the winning side. But Lord, there's a lot of folks that aren't on the winning side, and they're going to die and go to hell if we don't reach them somehow with the gospel. And Father, if we don't get our hearts right with you and get ourselves stirred and motivated, they're not going to make it. There's little bus kids that's not going to come to know Christ. There's moms and dads who are not going to know Christ. Lord, unless we get excited, unless we get our hearts right with you. Father, use the message tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I, uh, have, I'm going to use a little illustration. It's kind of a dumb illustration, really. But I think it will make, it, make the point. Uh, today, if I can find where I'm at, I think it'll make it make the point once I show you what it is. But I want you to notice a couple of the verses. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2 says this. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save. Okay? If that's true, then why are people not getting saved? Let me read on. Neither his ears heavy that he cannot hear. Then why does it seem he doesn't hear us? And how come nothing's happening when we do pray our little bit of prayer? Here's why. But your iniquities have separated between you and God, your, between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. I read a while ago in Psalm 81 this verse that started with, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And I want you to notice these next, this next phrase. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Tonight I'm going to preach this message simply. Open thy mouth wide. Open thy mouth wide. Wide. We can talk about revival until we turn blue in the face, but that will not bring revival. We can wish for revival until we've run out of wishes, but that will not bring revival. Revival comes to an individual when that individual decides he personally needs revival or she personally needs revival. And they open their mouth wide and say, God, fill it. God, fill it. And tonight, I want to open this revival by saying what we need is to realize that God wants to give us something, but will we get it? And the truth is, we won't get it unless we open our mouth wide and ask God for it. Get, get, I, a couple of gentlemen have so wonderfully agreed to help me with this illustration I want to start with. So if those men, young men would make their way to the platform this evening, I, uh, I have a... Uh, a little illustration I want to use, if I might, if I may, use it today. And uh, 
and I'll just use one of these. I have what you call marshmallows, all right? Now, years ago, we used to play this when I was a teenager sometimes, and we called it stuffing your mouth with marshmallows. And what we would do, we would say, how many can you stuff in your mouth? And, and it got to where, look, I got to where I was, I was one of the reigning kings, all right? And so what they'd do is the kids would try to beat me. Now, I hate to say this. Obviously, I have a big mouth because it was hard for them to beat me, all right? right. Uh, and I knew how to stuff them in the best. And so what happens is I found this out. If you want to put more marshmallows in your mouth, you've got to open your mouth wider. Does that make sense? All right? And we'll illustrate it here because Josh is going to be what we call the wide mouth man. Mark's going to be what we call the narrow mouth man. And, and they're going to do this. I'm, I'm going to give these marshmallows. I'm going to give them. They'll, they'll reach in and take their own out. That way I'm not touching them. And we'll see if, uh, Mark, uh, you start with us. And uh, just, uh, you know what I mean by narrow mouth Mark, all right? Let's see how many you can put in there just like that. Uh, he's, all right? He just put a few in. And, uh, and he's, at, he's just... There, there you go. He's running out of room, all right? And how many is that? Three, all right? He's not going to get many in if he keeps his mouth that close, is he? But now let's go to the next person. And, uh, and what we'll do here is we will have, I don't know if we can actually put the video where you can show him and you can actually put it on the screen. That would be more productive for all the folks out there. I can see it, but I'm right here next to him. Obviously I can. Now I feel bad because here was what happened. I know Brad, bless his heart, had to go out of town because of the death of his grandfather. But I was going to use Brad, and he was going to be wide-mouthed Brad, all right? And you were going to be narrow-mouthed Josh. But because he left, you've got to fill in for him. Remember how y'all in college were both so, you know, and you dressed up the same, and and you were twins, that twin. You're his twin today, and uh, so you're going to do it for him. And remember this when you're putting him in. He did fork my yard that one time. You weren't a part of that, were you? You sure? All right. And put, that, uh, put, and put all that toilet paper and wrap and everything on my car and, uh, and so forth. At, at about 1 o'clock in the morning when he was a dorm supervisor and supposed to be in the dorm taking care of the guys in the dorm. Now, that's what y'all got. But you, you hired him. I didn't, all right? <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. So, Josh, let's have you see if you can put more than three. Because here's the deal. If you want to put more in, you're going to have to open your mouth wider to get them in, Right? And stuff them in there real good. So let's see if he can put more than three. All right, there's one. All right, good. All right, good. He's doing a good job. All right, isn't this good? You know, actually, these are pretty good. I like them, by the way. There's two. Yeah, I'll get it for you. In fact, I'm gonna, I got a bag for you. In case you gag or something, gag reflex, when you put more in there. How many is that? How many has he got so far? You counting? That's four. All right. And here's number five. Hmm. Five. I hate to say this, but you're just getting started. I'm not really good at that. <laughs> uh, but we'll let him not do it, all right? There's six. Right? Six? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to let him stop so he doesn't get sick. All right, and throw up. You can spit them out in there if you wish to. I'm not letting you have these, though. What I'm going to do with these, I'm giving them to the amen section over here, fellas. And uh, 
Every time you say amen, you can put one in your mouth if you actually want to. You, one, two, three, four, five guys. That's enough for you to do that. All right. I figure you're not going to say amen that much. All right. You thank you guys. I appreciate it. Now, here's the point. You're not going to put me in if your mouth's closed, are you? And here's what we do. We come to God like this. One, fill my mouth. Fill it. And we'll get our teeth clenched. And we say, fill my mouth. And God says, I can't fill your mouth because you're not willing to open it. Now, notice what he says here. He says, open thy mouth wide. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Brother Josh, I know sometimes when people are singing, where'd he go? When I take a smoke or something? At night, I didn't know I messed him up that much. But anyway, uh, you, you have seen people sing, and they're singing like this right here. And Pastor, you know if you want them to sing, they need to open their mouth and enunciate and pronounce the words properly and everything. You want them to open their mouth. They normally don't sing unless they're uh, some kind of, what do you, ventriloquist or something like that. They don't use a sing with their mouth shut. They open their mouth wide. And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, uh, God said this to us. He said, look, here's what I want you to do. You open your mouth wide, and I'll fill it. You open your mouth wide, and I'll fill it. Now, I want you to notice something. Number one, I want you to notice this, the resume. Here's the source. Notice what he says. He says, I am the Lord thy God. Now, it's one thing if I say, open your mouth wide, and I'll fill it. It's another thing if the pastor says that. It's another thing if someone else says that. But we're not talking about some human being who may or may not have the ability to fill it. The Bible makes it very plain when he says the resume uh, presents that who God is. This is God. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. See, here's the deal. God says, I am the Lord thy God. He has the authority. He has the authority to fill your mouth because he's God. He's not just anybody. He's God. He's the omnipotent, the omnipresent, the omniscient, the almighty, the eternal God, the father of lights, the heavenly father, the holy one of Israel, the great I am, Jehovah. He's the judge, the living God, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of lords, the Lord God almighty, the most high. And not only that, he's my father. And he says, now, let me give you my resume. I'm not, we're not talking about somebody, some man who has limited abilities telling you to open your mouth wide and he'll fill it. He said, I'm the God of the universe. I am the God of the universe. I am the omniscient one. I am the omnipresent one. That's who's making this statement to us. It's not just anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, we've forgotten who God really is. We go to God in prayer and go, you're God. And then we're satisfied. When's the last time you asked for God something so big that only God himself can give it? And I don't mean you went and you needed money. I told a young lady, and not, actually she's not that young, but a lady called me the other day and said, I'm behind on my rent. Nothing I can do to help her. She said, I'm $1,600 behind. I've got to be moved out if I don't have the money. I said, then you better go to God. Well, can the church? I said, the church don't have any money to help you with. I don't know why they call me like I've got financial. I mean, I, I've got some kind of pull. I may be the associate pastor, but I, I don't even have anything to do with the money except I tithe and give tithes and offerings. I don't count it. I don't have anything to do with it. I don't spend it. 
Well, I do help spend it sometimes. So I better take that back. But I don't decide who spends it and how much is spent. I said, I tell you what you can do. You can ask God. She came to church a couple of days later and she got upset. She's talking to my wife and she said, other people put their stuff on Facebook and I see where they said, people give them money. Nobody ever gives me anything. I said, I don't put anything on Facebook. I don't even have Facebook. Brother, I think you ought to keep your face in the book. I'm not against you to have Facebook. Some of you have it. I don't have Facebook. I don't Twitter. I don't do anything. I don't, I, honestly, I'm not against it. I may start doing it one day. I don't do it now. I don't go on Facebook and say I need money. I don't send out letters. I found a formula that's really, I, I, I'm, I'm honest. If you listen, I'll tell you the formula. It's called get on your knees before God and say, God, I need money. Go work like you can't, like it's all up to you and say, God, now I've done all the work and I can. Now what happens? And see what God does. She came, my wife's talking. She told my wife, she had told my wife that her favorite verse, her life verse was, uh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not down on understanding, all the way to acknowledge him, he will direct thy path. And she was just told her, you're not trusting God, you're wanting people to take care of you. Won't you start asking God to take care of you? <coughs> Wednesday night, she came to church. She, she called me and said, Brother Moon, I'm still, I've got part of the money, but I'm still in trouble. I said, then we're going to have to pray. I said, in fact, let's just do it now. And over the phone, I prayed with her and for her. She got to church, and she said that, uh, she said she couldn't wait to tell me and Sheila what happened. She's getting on the bus. Oh, she went up to pay her bill. And uh, she ordered something and went up and started to pay it. And she realized she thought it, it was five bucks and she didn't have the five bucks. She thought she did and she didn't. And she said, I'm going to have to not take that. I'm sorry. I don't have the money to pay for it with. And the lady behind her said, take it. I'll pay for it. And the lady behind her paid for it. She went over, and I guess, and started getting on the bus. And the lady said, hey, 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 wait a minute. Let, let, let me do something for you. And was it $40? Or $100 she gave her. $100 she gave her, besides buying her meal. And then somebody else gave her $40. And, I, and she was so pumped. And I said to her, I said, Amy, I told you, when you go to God and you, God does something sometimes. If you're going to run around and badmouth God and everybody else and keep your mouth shut, you're not going to get what you want and need. We can talk about revival. We're not going to get it until we do this. God, we want revival. See, here's the, here it is. Watch this. The resume, the source of all this is I am the Lord thy God. That's, his, that's who he is. That's, that's his resume. That's the source we're looking at. But watch this. That resume not only shows who God is, but it, the resume also presents what God has done. See, God has the ability. Look what he said. He says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. I'm not just a God, little g. I am the Lord God, which opened the windows of heaven and did some miraculous things. I am the God who turned the, the, the serpent into, uh, the, the staff into a serpent and then turned it back. 
And when, the, and when they turned theirs into serpent, the, his serpent ate theirs up. I am the Lord God which did every miracle you saw done. I'm the one who turned the water into blood. I am the one who brought the plague of flies. I am the one who brought the plague, plague of the frogs. I am the one. I am the one who did all those miracles, who did the Miriam, who did the, who did the, who, who did the, uh, 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 took the animals and, and brought down on top of them and everything else, the hell and so forth. I'm the one who brought all those plagues. I'm the one who put that between you and them, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. I am the one who brought you to the Red Sea. And I am the one who said, you walk out there and hold that staff over the Red Sea. And I will part it. And he parted it. And when they went across, they walked across on absolute dry land. While those men and then the Egyptians, when they came after him, I'm the one. I am the one. I am the one who brought the water back on them. And they floated up on the shore on the next side, dead. I'm the one. Now, and I'll fill it. We're sitting around like this. Okay, God. Fill it. Okay, God. Fill it. And God says, Okay, God. Fill it. So that's kind of dumb. Then you tell God he wrote the Bible. Let me ask you a question. What are you getting from God? You might want to try it. Try it. It's your life. Remember that advertisement? I'm saying to you today, God said, I'm the one. I'm the one who created heaven out of nothing. I'm the one who put the planets in place. I'm the one who holds everything in the world there. I am sustainer of all mankind. I'm the one who created every animal. In the land and sea. I'm the one. I am the Lord your God. By the way, one of the names for Jesus, for God is what? I am. Let me, let me make a statement about I am. I am to the present tense. Not in the past tense. I was, that's past tense. I will be, that's present tense. Notice how that English grammar just flows off of these lips. It's amazing. Okay, so it's not very good, all right? I know this. I am present. You know what God says? I'm present all the time. I, that same God that parted the Red Sea, that's me. I'm still, I, I still, I'm still around. Have you ever thought about the fact that God said he's no respecter of persons? Excuse me. Did you know that he said, I'm no respecter of persons? Then if he's no respecter of persons, what he did for them, he'd have to do for us. Or he'd be a, he'd be a respecter of persons. And if you're a respecter of persons, you're a sinner. Respect of persons is sinful. And we walk around with needs in our life. We walk around with need after need in our life because we don't go to the great God, the great I am that parted the Red Sea, the great I am that brought him out of the land and opened our mouth wide and say, God, fill it! Wonder why we don't have what we need. We're running around whining and complaining and griping, bickering. 
When God says, open your mouth wide. So first we have the resume. Who is this God? The I am. See, the resume presents who God is. God has the authority. But the resume also presents what God has done. God has the ability. Some people have the authority but no ability. Some people have the ability but no authority. Let me say that again. Some people have the authority but no ability. I have the authority, but brother, I don't have the ability to do it. Or I have the ability, but they won't give me the authority to do it. But may I say, in God, they mesh together. He has not only the, the ability and the authority, but he has the ability to do what he said he would do. Let me say that again. He has the ability to do what he said he would do. And the authority. For there is no higher authority. I am the Lord thy God. I am the Lord thy God. I am the Lord thy God. I'm the master. I'm the, I'm the, uh, the almighty. I have all authority and all ability. Then we get to the request. Here's his statement. Notice what he proposes. Open thy mouth wide. I've gone to the dentist several times in my life. I go about every six months. And about every year they do an x-ray and then they'll say, oh, you need to have this done. Or, and and I've all, I got a mouthful of, of fillings and in the last few years I've had every one of them replaced. <laughs> and you know, I go in there and they say, open your mouth. And I go in there and I go. <laughs> you know what he's going to say? You got to open wider than that. You see, I can't work in your mouth. I can't get the instruments in there if you don't open. Now, a time or two with me, I'm a little bit different. I've opened it and they said, you can close it some. <laughs> None of you would have that problem. I had that problem, right? You can close it. You know what? He says open. You have to open. He cannot get his instruments in there to work on you unless you open your mouth. I got a problem back here, Doc. Uh, could you fix it? Yeah. Open your mouth. No, I can't do that. Well, then I can't fix it. I say, sometimes that's what we do to God. God, I got a problem. He says, open your mouth. And I say, no, I can't do that, God. Okay, then I can't fix it. You see, what we need to do is open our mouth wide in prayer for God's power, for personal growth and faith and love and winning souls, for provision, your needs, your family's needs, your friends' needs, your financial needs, food and raiment, physical needs. I had it, but I didn't bring it in with me, so I'm going to forget it. But I'll just mention this. George Mueller never asked for one dime all those years he ran those, uh, those homes. And he had several of them. He never asked for one dime. He prayed it down every time. And if you read that story, you'll hear the story. And you've heard it before, but I'll say it again. Where they're sitting at the table with no food. And the kids say, what are we going to eat? He said, we're going to pray and God's going to supply. And they prayed. And there was a problem with, a, with, a, with the, uh, the, uh, the uh, thing that was carrying the food or whatever it was. And it broke down. And they had to do something with it. And they brought, knocked on the door and said, do you want this? Isn't that amazing? Coincidental, folks. Coincidental. No. God did it. And folks, he never asked for a dime while he fed all those orphans. Not one time did he ask anybody for it. 
And God fed the orphans and fed him. And they never went without a meal unless they chose to. You know why? Mueller learned this. And he says he did. He learned that God said, this is one of, was one of his favorite verses. He said, I just open my mouth wide. And God fills it. God, give us revival. God, change my life. God, do something in my life this week. Won't happen. But watch this. God, give us revival. God, start with me. I need your power. I need you to work in my heart. It's a me. It's a me. It's a me, oh Lord. Standing in need of prayer. Until you do that, you won't have revival. Open your mouth wide in prayer. And watch this. Look, if you would, with me. Back at the text. Back up. Verse number one. Sing aloud unto God your, our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm. Bring hither the tremble. Pleasant heart with the Salisbury. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this was a statue for Israel and the law of the God of Jacob. He said, what he said is this. He said, I want you to open your mouth wide in prayer, but I want you to open your mouth wide with praise. Can I tell you something? You get a lot more with praise than you do with complaining. You get a lot more with praise. And see, what we do is we, we don't come to God with an open mouth saying, God, I just want to praise you. I want to praise you. I want to thank you. I want to praise God. What a great God we have. What a mighty God we serve. We don't do that. We walk around and complain because we don't have this and we don't have that. This hadn't been met and that hadn't been met. Why did this happen to me? And why did that happen to my family? And why did this? Look, why don't you just quit complaining, open your mouth, and begin to praise God for what he's already done and doing for you. Look. There are folks that have far less than we do, and they just praise God for what God's done. And we walk around and say, well, you know, I can't believe I don't have my, that new car I needed. Do you really need a new car, or do you want a new car? Get it straight. Which is it? I'm not against you having a new car. I'm not against you having a Corvette. If you let me drive it occasionally. If you don't, then you're just not right with God. <laughs> A little inside joke there, all right, that most of you know about. But seriously, what happened to us? We don't open our mouth wide. Notice the promise. He made a proposition to him open your mouth wide. Then here's the promise Joe Blow will fill it. Is that what he said? Let's go back to our text. I am the Lord thy God. Look, I've got the resume. Look, you, look I, am, I have the authority. I have the ability. I'm the one that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now here's the proposition. Open your mouth wide. And here's the promise. I'll fill it. I'll fill it. 
God's answer is determined by his authority, who he is, and by his ability, what he can do. But here's the key. Do we believe God's word? We hold it up and we'll say, bless God, I believe in the old King James Bible. Hey, praise God, the old black book. Amen. Yours may not be black, but that's all right. It should be red, like, you know, R-E-A-D, not R-E-D, red, R-E-A-D. I believe this book. Don't ever criticize this book. But then we don't even read it. We don't even believe it. Well, like that lady I was talking about. Well, my life first is trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on that own understanding. And she's leaning on her own understanding and not trusting God and wanting somebody else to take care of her needs instead of going to the author and to the one that has the ability and the one that has the authority and saying to him, I need you to open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing. So here I am, God. I want revival. No, you don't. You just like the way it sounds. Because if you want revival, you have to quit some things you're doing. If you want revival, you have to start some things you're not doing. If you want from revival, you have to change your habits. And most of us are satisfied with our habits, and we're satisfied with our Christianity, and this is good enough for me, and why would I want more? So we can be what God wants us to be, so that we can have true God-sent revival. That's why. But we won't have it. You know why? We don't take God at his word. God, yeah, you'd do that for somebody else, but what about me? So this evening, I start out by saying this. I see the resume. You know, I see the request. Then I see the response. Now, here's the sad part. Look at verse 11. But my people, my people, my people, would not hearken to my voice. And Israel would none of me. But my people would not hearken to my voice. And Israel would none of me. They ignored God's word. You know what he said? I'd have been your protection. Verse 14 and 15. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned their hands against their adversaries. Verse 15, the haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto them, him, but their time, but their time should not have, have endured forever. He said, I would have been your provision. Look at this. Verse 16, he should have fed them with a, also with the finest of wheat and with the honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. I'd have done it. But you refused. You would not listen to me. And you wouldn't have anything to do with me. So, I gave them up to their own lust. And they walked in their own counsel. Oh, that my people had hearkened to me. Can you see God? Can you see the writer here of the, of the psalmist? He's crying, saying, oh, my, that my people had hearkened to me. And Israel had walked in my ways. If they had just hearkened to me, I'd have blessed them. I'd have used them. I would have done it if they had just hearkened to my word. If they hadn't have ignored me and turned from me, look what I would have done. I made them a promise. I said, look, I have the authority. I have the ability. Open your mouth wide. I'll fill it. I promise you. The request is just open up. And the, and the, and the, and the uh, uh, promise is, I will fill it. I'm God. I can do it. I was watching one of the games. It was an upset here that day. And during the timeout, 
One of the guys said, something about getting me the ball. I'll score it. So the kid came down, and the coach was trying to call a timeout, and he waved the coach off. Any of you see that? He waved the coach off, put up a shot. It was in the opening round. Uh, no, it was in the uh, conference championship to go to the NCAA. He waved the coach off and put it up, a three-pointer, nothing but net, and they won the game. You know what he was saying, Coach? I, I can do it. Give me the ball. I can do it. Kentucky fans don't like to hear this, but years ago, <laughs> when, when Christian Lakin, if they still hate, beat Kentucky, and uh, Luke did beat Kentucky in the regional finals several years ago when Rick Pitino coached at Kentucky. And uh, Kentucky had taken the lead. And they took the timeout. They only had about two seconds left or so. And Krzyzewski, the coach at Duke, said, was starting to play. And Leitner said, if Grand Hill can get me the ball, I'll put it in. Just get me the ball. I can do it. Grand Hill got him the ball, and he put it in. They won the game. See, we'll trust the ball player, but we won't trust the God of the universe. That ball player can miss, but God never misses. Are we dumb or what? You know what we do? We ignore God's word. God says, you open your mouth wide, sir. I'll fill it. When's the last time you opened your mouth wide, ma'am? When's the last time you opened your mouth wide and said, God, I've got to have revival. God, I'm opening my mouth wide in prayer. God, I got, look, some of you, you do without things that you need and things that would be best for you because you haven't learned to open your mouth wide. God said, I'd have blessed you. I would have given you what you needed. I would have given you, I would have provided for you. I would have protected you. I would have given you provision. All you had to do was open your mouth wide. I said I'd fill it. I'm God. Why didn't you listen to me? And he wasn't talking to a bunch of heathens. He's talking to my people. My people. My people. My people. Open your mouth wide. I'll fill it. See? You and I have the opportunity to know God's promises, what God's promises are, what the Word says. We have the opportunity to see God's promises filled in our lives and in others. And see, we have the option. Not only the opportunity, but we have the option. Here's our option. You can leave your mouth closed. Ignore God's Word. You can open your mouth some, or you can open your mouth wide. And here's the question. Do you believe God's Word enough to open your mouth wide? Do you believe God's word enough to obey and open your mouth wide? What is it you need tonight? Well, Moon, I need a revival in my heart. Won't you open your mouth wide and see if God will fill it? Won't you say, dear God, I want our church to have revival. But can I be honest with you? Churches don't have revival until an individual has revival. I cannot cart and box up revival and bring it with me from Louisville and unload it here tonight. The only one I can have revival with, is, can, can help to have revival and determine who has revival, is me. It's me. When I say it's a me, it's a me, it's a me, oh Lord. Stand in need of prayer. And God, I'm coming to you tonight. And in my heart, my mouth is open wide. I want you to do something. God, I want you to do something to my family. Some of you have a lost loved one that's going to die and go to hell, and you haven't spent five minutes praying for them. 
And if you'd hit this altar tonight and open your mouth wide and say, God, what is it going to take? What is it going to take? Lord, let me be a soul winner. God, let me reach somebody. Some of you know you're to win souls. You haven't won a soul and Lord knows when. But you're not going to win anybody unless you talk to somebody. This past week, I was out. And we were having a big day that today was our anniversary Sunday. And I knew we, all we had going on, I could not go sowing like I normally do. So I opened my mouth wide and I said, Dear God, I'm not going to be able to witness as many people as I normally do. But I want to win some folks to Christ. Please. Lead me across the path of somebody. Maybe at the hospital when I make hospital visits. Maybe somewhere else. Thursday, I still hadn't had anybody saved. Thursday night, uh, Thursday afternoon, I was going down to make a hospital visit on a guy that has colon cancer. He found out Thursday he had colon cancer. I had to go down to the hospital. Let's get a little piece down to this one. The man used to go to our church. It used to be one of our deacons. Good man. He fell and broke his hip. He was in rehab. A good 10, about 10 miles further down. And I thought, do I go all the way down there? He's not a member of our church anymore, but I really need to go as a friend. I am this close. No, I don't think. I'll, and I argued back and forth, Pastor. And I said, oh, forget it. I'm just going. I pulled in and parked. After I got down there, I went in, started talking to him. A little while, a lady came in to clean. And I said, how you doing, ma'am? She said, good. I said, hey, we're having a big Sunday this Sunday. And then the next Sunday is, is, uh, uh, is uh, Easter. And I said, it'd be great if you'd come. Well, do you have a church to go to? She said, no, not anymore. I moved here, and I haven't got a church since I moved here. And I said, well, I know a church you can go to. And the gentleman I was with said, it's a good church, too. You ought to go to it. And I took out a track. I normally have them on me, but I don't have them in a suit coat. And I took out a track and, we'll, and I had an advertisement. A little track we made to advertise today and next and, and Easter. I handed them both to her. She started leaving. I said, by the way, ma'am, on the back side of that track, it tells you how you can be saved. Do you know you're going to heaven when you die? And she said, no, I don't, I don't know about that. And I said, well, while you're cleaning, can I just talk to you while you're cleaning? And she said, yeah. So she's dusting and cleaning. And I just went to the Romans Road playing with her. I got on. I said, ma'am, if Jesus be willing to save you right where you're standing, and I let us in a word of prayer, would you be willing to ask him if he'd save you? Would you trust him? Mean business. She said, yes, I would. And I started praying. And I got up and I said, now, let me lead you in sinner's prayer. And I did. And while she was saying the sinner's prayer, I heard her going, <laughs> and Jesus, <laughs> save me. I don't want to go to hell. And, I look, and when I got on, I looked up, and the tears were running down her face. And she said, and I said, now, with her head still bowed and her eyes, well, right before that, I said, with her head bowed and her eyes closed, if you really meant that and you trusted Christ the best you know how, reach out and shake my hand, and she shook it. And then I looked up, and I saw the tears. And she looked at me and said, can I hug you? I don't know around hugging women, except my wife and my daughters and my granddaughters. Anyway, and I said, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and she hugged me, and tears were just running down her face. And she thanked me two or three times for telling about Jesus. Open your mouth wide. I'll finish. I'll finish. Next day, 
was out. And uh, I started talking to her. I, I went to get my oil changed in my car. And uh, I heard the guys, and I just sat in the car. They just changed it in one of those quick places. I go there. And uh, someone said something about Jesus, about Jesus Christ. I thought, they brought it up, not me. <laughs> I took it out, and I said, hey, guys, y'all go to church anywhere? And the mark. There was three marks there. Mark, Mark, Mark. I said, good night. All y'all need is Matthew, Luke, and John. <laughs> and, uh, and a guy named Kenny. He was the boss. Kenny went in. I was paying. I used my debit card, and I went in to pay, and he kind of messed it up. And so he had to start all over again. One of the guys did. And so he was, Kenny was teaching him and showing him. I witnessed to Mark, the younger Mark. He goes, I've I never done that. I stopped, and when I got done, I said, hey, you two fellows, I just talked to Mark. Let me share with y'all. And I went to it, and Kenny said, I, I've done that. I actually said, I've done it twice. <laughs> so I had to work a little with that. The other one said, yeah, I did that too. I said, well, Mark here says he hasn't, and I'd like to be able to see him get saved right now. And they, they said, go ahead. And in front of both of them, he bowed his head and asked Jesus to save him. And I said, Thank you, Lord. Now, I'll not tell the next one. Three people trusted Christ as their Savior. Three. And I didn't go out and knock on. I, I knocked on doors Thursday night for the bus route, but I didn't witness to anybody Thursday night while I was not. And I normally do. I normally do. But this time I didn't. I was out about two and a half hours, Sheila and I were. And I was really just going, because I knew a, one of our bus captains out of town, and I had to do part of his route. I took about a, a little over a third of his route, and I was not, two and a half hours later, we're, uh, we're in Portland there. We're, we're done. So I didn't get to witness anybody like I normally do. But you know what? It's amazing when you open your mouth wide what God will do. Some of you, you want to win souls? Won't you ask God to do it? When's the last time you asked God to bring you across the path of somebody that needed Jesus and give you the courage and the character to tell them? Well, but I wouldn't know what to tell them. Well, are you saved? Yeah, tell them what you did. But I don't have that boldness. God, give me boldness to witness. Preacher preaches on nobody on soul winning, and you get you get on the conviction and say, "Man, he can do that." I just wish I could. You could. You can do it as well as I can. I, I don't have any, I don't have the corner on it. I just know who has the corner on it. And I learned this. And he feels it. What about you, sir? Some of you have financial difficulties. Now you need to learn to take care of your money. You need to tie it. Give offerings. You need to learn to take care of your money. But sometimes you can't help it. Good night. I owe a Baptist Floyd Hospital in New Albany. I owe them my first three kids. That's what I owe them. <laughs> That's after the insurance paid them. December, I mean November, uh, no, last year in April, I had a ventral tachycardia or ventricular uh, fibrillation tachycardia. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Any nurses in here? Any the, the, the machine said it was ventricle. I have a defibrillator pacemaker. The machine said it was fibrillation. The doctor said it's tachycardia. It doesn't matter. You die either way. And, uh, but I have another little trusty defibrillator, and it shot me back. October the 6th, I had a ventricle tachycardia. And the little machine here shot me back again. And then the battery went low in it. So in October, I had it replaced. They don't come cheap. And then January the 10th, I had a heart ablation. Two doctors worked on my heart for five hours. They don't come cheap when you're in a cath lab with those guys doing that for you. They charge just a little bit of change. You know how long I've worried about that? Just guess about the money part. Just guess. Now, my wife's worried about it, but I didn't worry about it. I don't pay the bills anyway, so don't bother me. <laughs> no, seriously, we haven't worried about it. Because, see, if God can't do it, who is going to do it? If God can't do it, then who am I serving? Who am I serving if God can't do it? Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to give us revival in our heart, and we won't let him. We just ignore his word. If my people were to call by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And I will, what? Heal their land. I will forgive their sins. God wants to do it. Do you want God to do it? Or are we just going through the motions? Let's go to church Sunday, Sunday night, and let's just be happy and have a good time. Good. I'm glad you feel that way about church. Sure would be better if you found, if God did something for you while you were still there. Do you really want revival? Do you really want God's fire? Do you really want his presence in this very hour? Come to Jesus. He's the one that can give it to you. Open your mouth wide. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.